For businesses, it's no longer enough just to deliver the goods or services they offer. Customers are much more ethically minded than they used to be, and staff don't just want a paycheck every month. They want to know their employer is making a difference. And a positive one at that. I think most people want to work, but also want to do good. And when you know that what you're doing is aligned with doing good, then that helps fantastically. And so I, I think it is so important in today's world for any company to embrace this. And even though financial institutions are well on their way to being more socially and environmentally conscious, there's still a way to go. I think everyone can do better, but organizations are not just cement buildings with roofs and computers. They're full of people with different views and backgrounds and biases. And it's about just really harnessing and harmonizing all those moving parts to try to become as good as you can be as a business, both ethically, social, responsibility-wise, environmentally, and make sure you govern that in a fair and balanced way. This is Financial Futures, the podcast that charts the frontiers of fintech innovation. In this special three-part mini-series, we're exploring the work FIS is doing by partnering up with fintechs and entrepreneurs to shape the future of the financial services industry. I'm your host, Erin Dangler. And in episode two of our mini-series, we're exploring how transformative business process optimization is helping financial institutions meet their ESG goals. We'll explore what ESG means to financial institutions and ask why these factors are so important to modern organizations and their customers. And we'll find out how the methods of business process optimization can work hand in hand with ESG and look at some real life examples where BPO has led the charge in leveling up sustainability. Joining us today to guide us on our ESG and BPO journey is sales lead of business process transformation and resourcing at FIS, Simon Penny, and senior vice president of banking and payments for Europe at FIS, Sylvia Mensdorf Pui. And to start us off, we find out what ESG means for fintechs and how these institutions can make a difference. I think this is a term that is still very much in flux. ESG stands for environmental, social, and corporate governance. At FIS, we know that making a difference with environmental, social, and corporate governance is a team effort. So we're leveraging our position as a world fintech leader to advance sustainability in three key areas, fostering inclusive, diverse, and empowered societies, protecting our planet, and driving governance of responsible and sustainable growth. The term ESG has really been growing and it can mean many things. It's about diversity, it's about inclusion, it's about net zero and now carbon footprint. It can be about other emissions that are negative and how you control it. Really, I think it comes down to managing all the stakeholders in providing a positive future and a better future for everybody. That's how I always look at it. 
That's great. I was really curious to see how ESG dovetailed with financial institutions. Sylvia, as you and I were talking before the podcast, we were talking about how sustainability has become very popular in corporations. My husband is in conservation as well, and it's really great to see so many corporations getting on board. I want to ask you a little bit more about if we break down these letters a little bit more, so we have the E is the environmental. So is that like energy, waste, pollution, natural resource conservation? Absolutely. That's very much the footprint that you have. It's your carbon footprint. It's your water footprint. Are you using renewable energy? Do you recycle? I think one great example is another corporation in the Netherlands built themselves a new headquarters, was very sustainable, but they left a horrible piece of cement behind as they moved. So I think you also need to think about sustainability, not so much in where you're going to, but also what you're leaving behind. You know, cradle to grave, I think is the wrong term. It's cradle to cradle. And I think nature is a great example of cradle to cradle. Nature doesn't waste anything. Everything's recycled. And so I think as we incorporate those things, those are really important. From an FIS perspective, we're a financial service provider. I think environmental footprint for the type of size of corporation we are is relatively small because we're not manufacturing. We provide a mostly digital service, but we obviously looking very closely at our data centers and we have set ourselves the goal of net zero for our own and our direct suppliers emissions when it comes to CO2 and using renewable energy, all of that by 2025. Ah. That's a great goal. <laughs> I love that. Three years down the road. Which makes it directly measurable. And I think that that is one of the challenges that we have with ESG is can we closely define it? And making it measurable is obviously something that is really important at the boardroom level. And from that perspective, I think we're at the start, not at the end of something. And it's something that is very much in evolution. I love that you talk about how to measure it. So you've given some examples with the energy, the E part. So what about socially? You know, you talked about diversity, equity, inclusion, because the social part is managing the relationships, employees with suppliers and customers, community, all of that. That's a hard thing to measure. We track our diversity metrics and we set ourselves goals in terms of participation of female you know, look at our leadership. Our president, Stephanie Ferris, has stepped into the second most senior position in the company. So that's fantastic. It's almost 50-50. And I think that's such a great example for all women out there because this is very much a technology company and used to be very male-driven. So on that diversity metric, obviously diversity is cultural. It's gender diversity. It's sexual orientation, religious diversity basically all your diverse background and making sure that you establish a environment, not just your own company, but your suppliers, your customers, where, you know, we celebrate our diversity and we are inclusive as possible. And then another inclusion piece that we're driving at FIS is 
financial inclusion. And we just rolled out a financial education program. So this is something that is available on our website free of charge where we've built education material as well as linking other sites where financial education material is available. And we've made that available free of charge to schools. So as a financial service provider, we're helping in driving inclusion from that perspective by making financial education available and helping people understand how money works. I love that because you talked about how the definition of ESG for each company changes slightly. And I just want to hit on one last piece before we go further was the the governance was I had to really look into that about what that is. And that's like overseeing your leadership, right? Like with executive pay and audits and shareholder rights. Yeah, all of those pieces. But obviously, one of the things that's really important is to govern ESG is to appoint a head of ESG. And not all companies have done that. We at FIS have done that and we issue an ESG report where we're reporting on our goals and on our metrics in a very understandable manner. And that, I think, really summarizes all the things that we're doing around that piece. And it seems like, you know, I'm going into my next question, which I think you've already answered beautifully, is why is ESG important? It just seems like everybody benefits from ESG. Exactly. So... This is, I think, something that I find inspiring. I think most people want to work, but also want to do good. And when you know that what you're doing is aligned with doing good, then that helps fantastically. And so I I think it is so important in today's world for any company to embrace this. And I don't think that ESG means you can't make a profit. No, 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 absolutely, you can. And your consumers, your buyers will demand it of you. Your employees will demand it of you. If they're not demanding it of you today, they for sure demand it of you tomorrow. Because as we all know at the moment, there is a war, I would say, for talents. And I find that with the younger generation, They are very keen on understanding what the workplace looks like. And if it's an inclusive workplace, they're going to make that part of their decision of whether they want to work there or not. And so therefore, it's becoming a really important piece. And I'm sure that's how ESG is going to develop more, that we can actually show the contributor of ESG, start showing that into our balance sheets and into business cases. And I think there's going to be a whole new arm of economics that shows sustainability contributions and ESG contributions into economies. ESG isn't just a passing craze. Employees want to know that they're working for organizations that are trying to better the world. And customers want to know that their money isn't being spent in socially or environmentally harmful ways. And investors feel the same way about their money, too. So, the truth is that if financial institutions want to grow their customer base, carry on finding the best talent in the future, and continue to secure investment, ESG can't be ignored. It has to be embraced. 
the reality is ESG is really three pillars that all professional diligent organizations should have been doing anyway. But the reality is the way people buy, the way that people decide who they wish to go and work for, the way that companies report and their performance is measured. This is now upfront and center. Uh, so organizations can't turn a blind eye to it. They have to look at their workforce and make sure that the best people get the jobs, but the diversity of the people that are being put forward for the jobs is representative of not just society, but the market or the jurisdiction or regulatory anomaly or the world in which they live. So fundamentally, it's about doing all the right things in the right way under a semblance of a initiative that encourages this type of behavior so that when investors invest, they'll be more inclined to invest in organizations that have a compass bearing towards the alignment. And I think everyone can do better, but organizations are not just cement buildings with roofs and computers. They're full of people with different views and backgrounds and biases. And it's about just really harnessing and harmonizing all those moving parts to try to become as good as you can be as a business, both ethically, social, responsibility-wise, environmentally, and make sure you govern that in a fair and balanced way. That's my my view of what it really means to me anyway. Well, that, that leads right into the next question is, is how can institutions improve their ESG ratings? What are some concrete steps they're taking? Every aspect of ESG has a rating, and I think we've delved into some of this. So when you look at diversity, you can very clearly identify that information when you have it. You can summarize it, and you can report on how that is developing year on year. When it comes to, for example, energy consumption, you can relatively easily now measure, am I buying green energy? Am I compensating for my carbon footprint? All those things are measurable. And I think it's up to companies whether they're in a position where they can start reporting it. And you can see some companies starting to report it, other companies still lagging behind. But I do believe that the ratings is going to become more and more important. Simon, do you want to weigh in? Just to kind of tail off that comment that Silver was making, I was doing some research to see what the market was saying. I think one of the things that did jump out to me is that if you look at all of prominent investors, the report suggests that the returns on investment of those investors has consistently been hiring companies who have a clear ESG directive versus those that do not. So this is more than about the products you sell or the markets you sell them into. It's really about the fabric of your organization, how that organization ticks. And from a BPO standpoint, really, the, the negative connotations often follow the acronym of BPO. People think about taking lots of their friends and colleagues and getting rid of them, moving the work that they are performing to other parts of the world where often the service is cheaper, but by default, the quality of that work is poorer. BPO is you know, known for that in certain corners and quarters, but fundamentally, that is not the BPO marketplace. For us, BPO traditionally has been about outsourcing to third parties. That is not the business that, that we at FIS are in. The focus of the market and where the natural bed partner to ESG comes into this is in what we call transformative BPO. So it's ultimately doing tomorrow what your customer is doing today better, cheaper, quicker, more sustainably, increasing economies of flow without increasing the economies of scale. So you're effectively doing more with less. You're using your workforce in a value-based way and you're using technologies and other 
capabilities to try to trim the fat within your organization and improve decision-making, improve outcomes, improve the repeatability of what are fundamentally mundane tasks that humans don't particularly enjoy and are often where risk and error is fraught. So BPO for us is about optimization, doing what you're doing today, tomorrow better, making it more sustainable uh, and making sure that it's more accountable, that there's visibility and control across the end-to-end enterprise. So that's really what BPO means to us at FIS. So one way that companies are achieving their ESG goals is through BPO, but I'm curious what that is and how it works with ESG. So Simon, can you tell us a little bit more about BPO? The area of BPO that FIS is focused on and aligns with the ESG initiative is really what we call transformative BPO. So transformative BPO is really about taking work that your customer is currently performing for themselves and moving it into your offshore or onshore facility. But it's not just about performing that work in the same way that it's always been performed. It's about looking at ways, both in terms of the people, the processes and the underlying technology and ecosystem and trying to find ways that it can be simplified, harmonized, optimized, standardized, and generally fine-tuned so that you are increasing the economies of flow, but you're reducing the economies of scale. You're essentially doing more with less. You're making it cheaper. You're making it cleaner. You're making it greener. You're providing much more satisfying work for your employees. The quality of experience for the customer is improved. So the whole point about transforming that estate is still to deliver the outcome but to get to the outcome in a more sustainable way. And ultimately, looking at those three pillars of ESG, uh, making sure that it's well-governed, make sure that there's a social responsibility there, making sure that you're you know, using a, a, an empowered, well-paid, highly motivated workforce who's competent and capable to deliver that work to delight the customer and meet the regulatory obligations in as efficient a way as possible. And that's really where we feel that transformative BPO aligns very nicely with ESG. So it sounds like it also takes some really good vetting of the people you're outsourcing to, the companies you're working with. If you think about every single business on the planet, bar none, if you think about the core DNA of those businesses, they have three things in common. They have people, they have processes, and they have technology. And those three things ultimately underwrites their business. Without those three moving parts working harmoniously, you don't have a business. Some businesses are good because they get that bit right. Some businesses don't work so well because they don't get that bit right and have no way or vision or idea about how to improve it. So essentially what transformative BPO is, is looking at the parts that the organization either doesn't want to or is not equipped to do better themselves. And so passing that piece of their operational ecosystem over to a trusted partner who is able to look at that forensically. So what most transformative BPO vendors like FIS would do, would look at that operational ecosystem, identify all the holes, understand how they've arisen, what the remedy and resolution is for each of them, and prioritize the order in which they are resolved. Working on the area of greatest operational pain first, you're simply triaging an operational ecosystem. So it would be for the transformative BPO vendor to look at that process, to understand the as-is today, 
to help the customer determine what the 2B process should look like tomorrow and help them transform that process by lifting that process out of their environment, the customers, moving it into the transformative BPO ecosystem. And over a period of time, trying to master that complexity, trying to simplify and harmonize that estate so you have as few moving technical parts as possible that are fit for purpose and are as agile and elastic in terms of their ability to flex and scale as possible by looking at the processes to see whether those processes that may not have been reviewed or changed for several years are fit for purpose in the current climate. And then looking at the people around that process who have to live and breathe and work with that process to see whether they are being empowered, being supported, being augmented, given the help, support and motivation and remuneration they need to process that work. And like an engine in a car, you're trying to fine tune it. And that's essentially what we help customers do in terms of transformative BPO. The steps taken to roll out transformative BPO seem pretty straightforward. But as simple as it sounds, Implementing these transformations in national and international organizations is no small task. So, what does the process look like? Can you tell us some examples? I'd love for our listeners to hear how companies are implementing these concepts and how these considerations are driving decisions out in the real world. Can you tell us about an organization that's made an effort to improve its ESG? One large international bank that we've been working with had a situation where they had over 2,000 staff, roughly spread across 37 different countries, around 50 or so people. And essentially, over time, because those different countries within the same organization hadn't been aligned, hadn't had visibility of one another's agendas, they had built several different systems to effectively process the same work. And the net result was that they had a very antiquated, complex, expensive estate that cost more than it should have to run, was incredibly difficult to change. That meant that the risk associated with running business on the system was high. The ability to measure, monitor, and manage work as it was moving through the system was challenging. So ultimately, they had an operational ecosystem that was overly and unnecessarily complex. And we was able to help them understand that they really needed to simplify to harmonize, to standardize around a single piece of technology. It was about aligning their people in such a way that they could work centrally, collaboratively, rather than jurisdictionally siloed. And it was about having a common process and allow each individual country to have their jurisdictional or local requirements to meet that particular market need, but by and large, have a common estate. They were able to reduce their cost base by $13 million year on year. They were able to reduce their workforce from 2,000 to 200. But let me quickly say, not remove, reduce. So those 200 people were now performing the work of 2,000 centrally in an offshore contact center in the Philippines, which meant that it created new jobs and was driving better outcomes. And the incumbent 50 individuals across those 37 countries were redeployed in more interesting higher value-based jobs that were customer-facing where they could add value. The net result is you've got less technology, you've got less electricity, you've got less complexity, you've got greater regulatory adherence, you've got improved operational efficiency, the list goes on. And therefore, you have a better quality of experience for your employee, a better experience for your customer, 
and your investment profile because you're doing more with less means that your impact to the environment, the electricity you're burning, the operational centers you need open is less. And that's why we believe it aligns so well in part with the ESG themes. So Sylvia, it seems like ESG is here to stay. And Simon has shared with us how BPO is a great tool to help us achieve these goals in a transformative way. So how should you evaluate your organization's ESG strategy? It really depends on the industry you're in. I visited the um, biggest CO2 polluter of the Netherlands, and they're very conscious of that. And though obviously they've got a long road ahead. It really depends on your industry. So the financial industry has seen a lot of regulation over the last years about anti-money laundering and fraud and basically making sure that money doesn't move to the wrong people. The financial industry is evolving into a state where they realize that over time, understanding how the supply chain works and helping provide that insight in how money moves in the right direction is going to be a key in terms of evaluating your own position. Now, that does not mean that you can vilify people that today are polluters. So for example, take again that steel example. Yes, they are the biggest CO2 polluter in the Netherlands, but if the Netherlands were to say today, hey guys, you know what? We don't like that steel mill, get out. The Netherlands is still going to consume steel and it's going to be produced somewhere else in the world where the CO2 pollution is going to happen. So it's really going to have to be respectful to the industry that you're in. I think this is a topic that is going to require, first and foremost, more vulnerable leadership in the boardroom. If I may leave this podcast with one ask, is that every boardroom start becoming a bit more vulnerable about this topic, because this is a very touchy and very difficult topic when it comes to diversity, when it comes to understanding sustainability. And so it's going to mean that the chief executives will have to open themselves up. And I think they're doing that. And I hope that we keep leading the way at FIS. Sylvia, thank you for sharing that. It just seems so counterintuitive to hear what you're saying in the financial world, because we think of it as being all about money. And what I hear you saying is we want to make a positive impact. Everyone wants to make a difference in the world, and we can do that in the field that we're already in. What advice would you give to a company who is just getting an awareness of this? What would you start on? You talked about being vulnerable, right? Listening to each other in the boardroom. I would say, don't be afraid. It's all about corporate courage. Be open in, this is where we are. Here's what we're doing. Yes, we know we can do better. Be mindful of how you talk about this externally and assign a head of ESG. Start talking to all your employees about what ESG means to them and create a culture around ESG so that it starts becoming part of every conversation. Sylvia Mensdorf-Pui is Senior Vice President of Banking and Payments for Europe at FIS, and Simon Penny is Sales Lead of Business Process Transformation and Resourcing at FIS. 
That's it for today's show. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time for the third and final episode of this mini-series as we take a look at the role entrepreneurs are playing in driving fintech innovation.